The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Hope you're having a good Tuesday. If you had the day off on Monday, so you had a three-day weekend, does it, does it feel like a Monday for you? I don't know. We don't get three-day weekends here, dude. Yeah. We had a, I had to freaking work on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm still upset about that. So I don't know, Eric. Is it? Huh? Is it? Is it nice and relaxing? You get three-day weekends. Yeah, five-day weekends. <laughs> five-day weekends. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? I'd like that. I'm sure you would. Hey, did you know that our snowpack is at uh, 116% in our area, our neck of the woods? What does that mean? That's good. It means good things. It means we may not have uh, want this summer. That lakes and rivers should be uh, should be running high. should be good. Statewide, it's 113%. Anyway, that's a nice little snow report for you. <laughs> I know you were really wanting that. Man, that's a great weather report right there. <laughs> hey, um, Good we got a couple you. things we want to get through this hour. Uh, our stat that blew our mind, our player of the week. Uh, Colin How- Colin Cowherd. Man, I cannot speak today. Colin Cowherd. You're, you're twin, by the way. You're doppelganger. Went, went off on the Utah State Aggies. Not such a great way. Praising Jordan Love, but was really negative on Utah State's football team. Yeah, as did his guest. Coaching staff. Yeah, you, you're going you're gonna to be interested in hearing the audio. Yeah. I, I don't agree with it at all. Um, well, at least not all of it. I don't agree with some of the, uh, the, what his guest said as well. Um, but, uh, man, Colin is not a big fan of Joe Burrow. But, boy, he is a big fan of Jordan Love. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that is very, very sure. Yes. Uh, so if you missed it earlier today, we will uh, we'll replay that audio uh, for that conversation that was on Colin Cowherd earlier today. Um, boy, the, Major League Baseball, it, it, there's still it's a firestorm. Worse. It's not getting any better. And, and you know what? It's because of one guy. It's not because they are just it's. It, they're putting gas into the fire, and I mean, it was a it was it was a fire before. It was a bonfire then. Now it's almost becoming an explosion where it's uncontrollable because of one guy. Well, so Manfred hands out his edict, right? His punishment. There's suspensions, season long suspensions for manager, the general manager, and then Houston Astros go take that a step further and fire both of those guys. But then it's kind of quiet. It's all quiet until. Players start reporting, start getting back together with their clubs, and the Houston Astros themselves speak out for the first time. And then all of a sudden, it's a firestorm. And nobody's happy with their reactions. And then other players are starting to react to the the lack of punishment or discipline from the league. So Rob Manfred comes out to try to quell all of this, but he just adds more fuel to the fire. We couldn't punish them. You know, we contemplated some well, things, then, but look at their faces. They have to face these questions. That's punishment enough, basically. Well, and then he called the World Series a piece of metal. That's a problem there, Mr. Commissioner. 
your own sport, your own championship. I can only imagine when you hand out the next World Series, here is that piece of metal. Here's a piece of metal. And then he then hands out this like he got it from this, the pawn this shop memo down the street. to teams in both the Cactus League and then in the Grapefruit League. Hey, do not throw at the hitters. Do not throw at them. There will be severe punishment if you do. Wait a minute, time out. So there's not severe punishment for the Astros who cheated and the players who cheated. But there is severe punishment for throwing at the players and putting one into the ribs right. because they cheated. Somebody tweeted out, uh, the Astros win again. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Listen, I'm not an Aaron Judge fan, but I, I feel super bad for him that he got screwed the way he did. Like, and he's even upset. He went and voiced his displeasure. LeBron James came out on Twitter and voiced his displeasure. Right. Listen and to said, your players. You need to fix it. In fact, here's what Aaron Judge had to say. He's he's skeptical that that the cheating has has really been rooted out. Mm. He thinks it's there's more. It's rampant, mm. and he's not sure that it's been properly taken care of. Yeah, it's, it's tough to think that you know it didn't continue. You know, I, I don't know all the facts. Nobody knows all the facts, to be honest. Um, so to think that they cheated and won it all in 17 to think that they just clear cut stopped the next, you know, 19 or 18, it's, it's tough for me to, to say that. Um, but you know, we'll never really know to be honest. And, you know, I, I don't think so. You're asking the wrong guy. You know, I I, I really don't know. You know, I, I wasn't, like you said, when it comes down to, a player-driven scheme, you know, I feel like the players involved, you know, need to be, you know, punished. And, um, you know, like if I go out there and, you know, I cheat the game, I'm like if I think I think Darvish was the one that said, you know, if you're, you know, if you're playing in the Olympics and you win a gold medal and you come find out you cheated, you don't, you don't get to keep that medal. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I'm not getting paid enough to make those decisions on what, what we need to do with that. So Aaron Judge has now came out and, and and just thrashed the Astros. Justin Turner came out and thrashed the commissioner and the Astros. And then Mike Trout came out and said, you know what? Yeah. Astros, you suck. This is phenomenal, AJ. Almost every single respectable player in Major League Baseball has a strong opinion about this, and it's not good. Yeah. It is not good. How long does Manfred get away with this? Well, I... Was it somebody said that Rob Manfred should take his name off the trophy? I would agree. Uh, who was that? That was some, another notable player, Major League Baseball player. I would absolutely currently agree with in that. the league. I would absolutely agree with that. I would absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that. I don't think you can get away with allowing allowing this kind of stuff to happen and then say, "Oh wait, I'm not going to punish the players, but if you throw at them, if you retaliate." You're in trouble, and you're. And by the way, he has made it clear that there will be a severe punishment for retaliation. So yeah, you know what, Dusty I, Baker's out there. You got to protect my guys yeah. now. You got to protect my and, guys. And, and here's the thing: is you know what I do? I take some no-name pitcher out there. I bring him up from for a spring league game, and I put one right into Altuve's ribs. You're gone. You've got Wait, one we're job. Bring in our starter now. You've got we're good. one job. Bring in our starter. We need you for one pitch. Yeah, one job, but. But you know what? It's just one pitch. I love what you just said. It's just one pitch, but it's the biggest pitch of the day. You put one into Altuve's ribs, that whole stadium explodes in eruption of cheers because you did your job. 
And then you bring in the starter on, hey, now it's play ball. Let's play baseball now. We got what we wanted, now let's play baseball. And if you're Altuve, dude, if you charge the mound, you're going to get it. They will oh, let that you bench have it. Will- Come after you. They like will let exactly, Eric. They're exactly. itching for They'll it. They'll let you have it. They're all itching for it. So you better be dang careful. Howie Kendrick also weighed in about how he thinks the Astros should be. Punished. He did. Uh, you know, I really don't. Don't. I haven't really thought about that that much. I mean, I know I've heard a lot of guys saying they should take it away. You know, let them keep their rings and stuff like that. I mean, that's not my job. That's the commissioner's job. Um, but with all the details out there and all the, you know, obviously it was from the top to the bottom. And, you know, as a player, like some of those guys probably didn't want to do it. But who do you go to at that point? You know, you either follow along, even if you don't agree with it, because you really don't have an avenue to go to. So, you know, I do believe that there are guys that didn't want to do it. But, you know, what do you do about it when 90% of the people are doing it? So, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Here's the thing. Howie Kendrick is just like, look, whatever. Because Washington won that series in seven games. Yeah. So he's like, you know what, really? We got what we wanted, and that we was the World won. Series championship. So I feel bad for everybody else, but I'm I'm good. I got my ring. I got my trophy. We won the World Series. Keep it at that. You want to hear from Nick Markakis? Oh, dude. And by the way, this guy's a very outspoken dude. I can only imagine what he had to say. They're going to be able to go out there and compete with no ramifications at all, which is wrong. And I think the commissioner completely handled it the wrong way. Um, but, you know, that's the way he did it. And, you know, that's the way we got to live with it. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people disagree with him. And uh, the way he handled the situation, he should be embarrassed of himself. Everything's been handled the wrong way. Um, you know, you got two guys that are sitting at home that you can kind of you know, give them a little bit of leeway, um, and they're not—they're not in the game right now. And then you got uh, the players who did it, who are, are, are scot-free. Oh boy, I'm telling you, like, look—the commissioner can do it all he wants of like, hey, don't throw at them, yada yada yada. Those players have no respect for one, the Astros, and two, for the commissioner. They could give a crap about the commissioner. He's already out the window in their minds. Oh, we can't throw at him? Well, we're going to because you can't do your job, so we'll do ours. I'm telling you, it is going to be the longest 162-game season of the year for the Astros. They're going to get it, and they should. Uh, you mentioned Mike Trout. Uh, and, and by the way, one of the classiest players. If he's speaking out, you know we got a problem. Here's what he had to say, a couple of his comments on the Astros and the very light punishment. <laughs> I still friends with them. Um, you know, like I said, I lost some respect from some guys. Uh, obviously, you know, half the, a lot of the stuff that comes out, you got to see if it's true or not. You know, obviously talking to them, and, um, you know, I'm sure we'll see them throughout the season. Just, to, you know, like I said, just uh, all the stuff that's coming out. It's it's, uh, it's it's tough to see. We weren't in the playoffs, but they were in the playoffs, and um, you know, you come to spring training because you want to win a ring, and just to if you see someone cheated to do it it's uh it's a tough thing to swallow and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are mad a lot of people are gonna hold back and not say much but uh, i think they're trying to get uh, you know people to or manfred or somebody to uh, they think the punishment should be more or something his comment there is look we were we were trying to do the game play the game right yeah. we didn't make the playoffs yeah they did and that's just, it's unfair it's unfair to those that are trying to play the game right. Yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right. You got to you got to understand that 
like when you go and win an MVP and you go and win a World Series and then this comes out, you, then you did it the wrong way. And uh, whether whether you say you're innocent or not, it doesn't matter because no one believes you. Nor should they. It's it's absolutely horrible. And uh, again, I think the commissioner. I thought Roger Goodell was the worst commissioner in sports. Actually, you know, what? I think the Pac-12 commissioner is probably beating Roger Goodell right now. Actually, in that regard, <laughs> Pac-12. So, so really, there's. I mean, but Rob Manfred is definitely raced far ahead of those two, Larry Scott and Roger Goodell. Dusty Baker, he's nervous about their oh, first dude. start. Oh, it's not going to be pretty. Even in the Cactus League or Grapefruit League, I don't know which. Yeah, one I think they're, they're in the Cactus League. Yep. Uh, it's it's not going to be pretty for them anytime they they approach the mound. Approach the plate, sorry. I'm kind of nervous, and I don't get nervous. And, uh, you know, I feel like a little rookie again <laughs> all over again. So, uh, you know, this is a great day for, you know, for us and, and a great day for me. Uh, Yeah, Dusty protecting his players. Dusty, just stay the heck out of it. Like, I mean, your job is to be the manager, but understand that, like, look, you weren't a part of the situation the last three years, so you're not at fault. But you saying, oh, hey, Commissioner, will you please protect my players? You're dragging yourself into a thing that you don't want to be a part of. Stay out of it. That's his job, and, uh, you know, he's the head man in baseball. So, you know, I'm glad he did step up, and I'm glad he said it. I figured he was going to say it sooner or later. I just wasn't trying to beat anybody to the punch or anything. It's just that you guys kept asking me questions, and they kept, um, you know, different guys in baseball, you know, kept responding and kept saying things. So now it's just time to play baseball. You're still going to get beaned. Yeah, it, you're not, it's still coming, man. It's coming. Mr. Manfred, you can do it all you want, but it, it's still coming. And you can sit there and say it's severe punishment, but it's still coming. And they're going to find a way around it, and you're going to be in trouble. But that's just how it is. I, I mean, you cheat, you're going to get punished for it. It kind of makes you amazed, though. Like, when the, when the Patriots treated, cheated in 07, everyone said, oh, they're going to get theirs, right? They're, they're going to get it right now. They went 16-0 and and averaged 40-something points a game. Now, they did get it when they lost the Super Bowl, so karma really did play its, its hand Well, and Dusty, the end. Is, he's, he's been saying, look, I think this adversity is going to make us stronger. It's going gonna, it's gonna to unify us. It's going to be us against the world, and quite literally. It is. It, it is. It is. <laughs> well, it is. And, and the adversity, by the way, they don't understand what's coming. They have no freaking clue what's coming. Well, what will be interesting is if Houston just full-on adopts that persona like, yep, everybody hates us, we know it, we're going to go out there and still beat teams, Yeah, and we're going to play great baseball, and we're going to look down our noses at you like, you still can't beat us. What if they run that? And do you think it's possible they could, I mean, run up the score on teams too? Because they know oh. that the rest of the NFL, because this could be interesting, that exact the rest of the Major League Baseball doesn't, the Patriots did that in 07. They would just run up the score on teams because everybody hated them. So they said, you know what? We're the villain. We'll play the villain. That's no problem. We're up 42 to nothing in the third quarter, and it's first and 10, or it's third and seven, or it's third and one. We're going to throw a play action deep pass to Randy Moss to let him score a touchdown. Oh, we're up 53 to nothing. We're going to throw a touchdown right here on first and goal. Do the Let's pay, keep our starters. Do in. the Astros? Yes, exactly. Keep pouring it on. Exactly. Do the Astros say, "Oh, we're up seven to three in the ninth. Hey, I want you to do a double steal. Oh, we're gonna suicide squeeze right here. 
Do they run up the score on teams knowing that they're the villain and that they don't care? Uh, it's very, very much possible. This could be juicy. This could be one of the more best, pun intended, juicy seasons of the last few years of Major League Baseball. Ratings are going to skyrocket. Because don't forget, Dusty Baker, he's he's no stranger to this kind of stuff. No. I mean, he was yeah. the he was the manager with Barry Bonds. Yeah. was the heel. He yeah. was the villain yeah. of Major League Baseball. And Dusty relished it. And he got his players to relish it. Yeah, he played that role really well. He took lead of that role and said, you know what, they hate us, let's go get it. And what did they do? They went to the World Series that year. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Boy, this is going to... It's going to be interesting. It, like This is going to perhaps be one of the most interesting and hotly debated and discussed Major League Baseball seasons that we've seen in a long time. Because yeah. let's not forget, the uh, Boston Red Sox punishment is probably going to be coming out next week. So yeah, it's got to be coming All the attention's soon. on the Astros right now, but there could be another team that's uh, caught up in this. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's take a time out here on the Full Court Press. When mm. we come back, let's talk about our stat. The mm. stat that blew our minds and our player of the week here on the Full Court Press. We do it every Tuesday. And if uh, if you've got a stat or a player that you think should be recognized, we'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. Text us in. And also let us know what you think about Major League Baseball's response to the Houston Astros. Uh, should they be protected? Can, can Rob Manfred really do anything more than what he's already done? 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to Full Court Press, Eric Franson and Tina. Who's Tina? You. You're Tina. Why am I Tina? I got a certain... Uh, Who the hell's Tina? There's a voice message on the phone that I'm using. No, it's Tito. Tito? Oh, I thought Sora said Tina. No, it was Tito. Hmm. Yeah, Tito called you. He didn't turn back his call. He's kind of upset. Didn't leave a number. Call he me. was ticked. Sounded like he was upset. All right, on Tuesdays, we do a stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Since you have to sneak out, Ajay, I will defer and allow you to go first. What are we doing, player? Stat first. Which would you prefer? Okay, so Michael Jordan's birthday is today. Happy birthday to the GOAT of basketball. Uh, remember when he made his return on this date in 1996? Michael Jordan poured in 44 points, and his teammate, Scotty Pippen, added 40 and a 110-102 win at Indiana. They became the ninth pair of NBA teammates and just the sixth in a non-overtime game to score 40 or more points in the same game. That duo was incredible. And by the way, they did it two more times in that same year. Whoa, really? Yeah. Is that incredible or what? That is incredible. That's incredible. All right, my, I guess that's your stat that blew your mind? Yeah. Here's mine. It's number 39. Okay. Gonzaga... Had their uh, has now won 39 consecutive road wins. That's the longest such streak over the last 30 seasons. 39 consecutive regular season conference wins. That's tied for fifth longest streak over the last 40 seasons. And 39 consecutive wins over Pepperdine. 39 is the dominant number for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Wow. 
That's yeah. incredible. How that team has not won a national championship yet just sometimes mind boggles me. The story of consistency there in Gonzaga. All right, my player of the week is Sam Merrill. He was also in the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for men's basketball. In a pair of road wins over Colorado State, 75-72, Fresno State, 71-59. He averaged, Eric, 28 points, 4.5 assists, 4 boards, 1 steal, 60% shooting from the field, 56% from 3, 87% from the line. And, of course, versus Fresno State, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 40 minutes. Uh, the week that Sam Merrill had was incredible. That was incredible. Oh, oh by the way. And he, he passed the 2,000-point mark. Yeah. <laughs> Just incredible. Yeah, you think he catches great grandpa when it's all said and done this year? The pace he's on right now. He's got to average 24 points a game from here on out to do it. I thought it was less than that. Mm, I think it's 24. I thought it was 20. Oh, it is 20 through five games. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Sorry. Then he scored 32 and 24, so. Keep it like 19 now. And by the way, they get Wyoming and San Jose State in back-to-back games. Yeah, but do they limit his minutes in those games? It depends what the score is. So he's totally fresh to go for the tournament? We'll find out. All right, so you mentioned Sam Merrill was a conference player of the week. Utah State's Autumn DeHard was the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Beam and Floor Specialist of the Week. And my Player of the Week goes to another Aggie who was recognized by her conference as a Player of the Week, and that's Utah State sophomore pitcher Capri Toon, who was the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week. Here's what she did. Now, she's a native of Tremont, so she's a local girl. Here's what she did over this last week. A five-inning no-hitter against San Diego. She made a relief appearance against UC Davis, striking out one batter, got the save, added a defensive put-out against UC Davis. She had a run rule shutout in a six-inning win over Seton Hall. And she struck out a career-high six, a career-high tying six batters while allowing four hits and one walk. And add on top of that, three defensive assists against Seton Hall, tying a career high. So on the week, Capri Toon went 2-0 with a 0.00 ERA in 13 innings and uh, tallying 10 strikeouts and walking two batters. An impressive performance Wow! by Tremontin's Capri Toon. She's my player of the week. She's also the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week. Good choice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. By the way, uh, John Russell texted in uh, that Scotty Pippen's overrated. You don't know basketball and probably shouldn't talk basketball if you think that. Secondly, he wow. said, hey, try telling Sam Merrill he's not playing all game. That's a great point. During conference play, Sam's like, look, I'm fine. I'm playing. You can't tell me not to, especially in the final two home games of the year. There's no way in heck that's going to work. That's a great point by John. That's true. Especially his final home game. Yeah, there's no way. He's going to play. Yeah. But if there's if there's a chance to give him extra minutes on the bench where he can rest, in. look, he wasn't fully healthy. That hip was bothering him versus uh, Fresno State. So we'll see. That guy has a full tank of gas, and he's all the way healthy in the in the conference tournament. Watch, Watch out. out. Yeah. All right, Audrey, you got to sneak out. Got Craig Smith presser coming up here. We got to get some audio. All right, you go get some audio. Go get it, Tito. <laughs> all right.
<laughs> Coming up next on the Full Court Press, Colin Coward had some things to say about Utah State's Jordan Love. And he had some things to say about Utah State's coaching staff. Uh, not just him himself, but his guest uh, as well. Uh, not always flattering. And so uh, we'll listen to that and then agree or disagree with what he had to say. Also, opportunities for you to weigh in on Major League Baseball. Is there anything else that Rob Manfred can do beyond what he has already done for Major League Baseball and how he's handled it? Um, in fact, um, he uh, held a press conference earlier today and said that he made a mistake when he referred to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal in a previous uh, news conference. So he is trying to walk back some of the things that he has said recently that have caught him in some hot water. So anyway, those are things that are coming up. Uh, and we'll also look at the Utah Jazz. What kind of changes can they do or what else do they need to work on here during this little mini break in the middle of the season, or not necessarily the middle of the season, but to get themselves ready for the stretch run other teams are making moves in the Western Conference. Teams that are right neck and neck with where the Utah Jazz are will let you know who's made some moves, how that might affect their rosters, and if the Jazz should do something similar. Talk about that coming up next right here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press. Uh, we just mentioned that uh, going to the break that Rob Manfred has uh, been addressing the media again. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, he he just referred to the, the World Series title as just a piece of metal. He's walking that back, and he continues to have to answer questions about dealing with the Houston Astros as more and more of the most notable and most respected players in Major League Baseball, are speaking out about how this has been handled. Uh, Nick Marqueca saying everybody on that Astros team deserves a beating. Uh, well, other guys saying they've lost all respect for him, saying it's disrespectful that Rob Manfred should remove his name from the, 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 the trophy, that he's not handled it well. It's not pretty. Um, it's uh, It's been pretty ugly, and I don't think it's getting any better anytime soon. Um, so anyway, we're getting some audio as it's coming in right now uh, from what Rob Manfred in a press conference uh, today. But uh, here's one of his uh, things about the, the the trophy and how he referred to the trophy and how some people are referring to his association with it as well. I have to say I made one mistake, um, at least, um, during that long day. And uh, that was in an effort to make a rhetorical point. I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. And I want to apologize for that. There's no excuse for it. Um, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I should have made it in a more effective way. And again, I want to apologize for it. Yeah, I referred to it as just a piece of metal. Uh, You know, I get it. It was a long day. A lot was going on, but... You've had weeks. You've had a long time to prepare that you knew you're going to have to to address questions about all this. Uh, anyway, it, it, we're, it, we're not out of the woods on this. 
soon as the games start being played and we start to see retaliation, because you know it's going to happen, it's going to fire up again. But uh, anyway, it, it's messy. It's really, really messy. Uh, the the Boston Red Sox investigation is continuing as well. It's not done yet. With their own allegations of cheating and sign stealing. Um, but, uh, you know, he says he's claiming, look, hey, we investigate every claim. We look at every team. Uh, anytime somebody makes an allegation, we have an obligation to look into it. Every complaint about sign stealing, whether it involved the Houston Astros or another club, um, was investigated by our office real time. Um, at the time that complaint was made. In some of those cases, you know about them, like the Apple Watch case involving the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, we found violations and we disciplined them. In others, um, we did not find evidence of violations. Now, I'm the first to admit that can happen for either of two reasons. Either there was no violation or we were unable to find it. Um, but I think you all know uh, that investigations, particularly investigations that are centered in the clubhouse, are very, very difficult in terms of getting people to come forward. So, and that's why he's, he's standing pretty firm behind the, the value of immunity for the players themselves to get them to talk, so they would speak freely to get to the bottom of what happened. Um, but... Still, it's disappointing that the Houston Astros themselves, that that they didn't take any action. Um, the Major League Baseball has taken very little action. And it's it's been a black mark on the Astros and Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred himself. Let's shift gears. Let's talk about some college football. Going to the NFL. Jordan Love had a great career at Utah State. A tremendous sophomore season. Uh, it was a, an offense that was very suited to his strengths. Uh, he played very well. He was going up against competition that made him look really good. His junior year, it was a little more challenging. There was a coaching change, an offensive coordinator that was trying to understand and learn and adopt some of the things that uh, was there before, but also trying to put his own stamp on things. And at times, it didn't always work. Jordan Love threw a lot more interceptions his junior year. Didn't quite have the same level of talent at wide receiver either. But uh, he's been a topic. He's been brought up on Colin Cowherd several different times over the last couple of months. And uh, earlier today, he was brought up again, as was the Utah State football coaching staff. If you missed it, here's what they had to say. Uh, let me just throw a kid out to you. I had a scout tell me, keep your eye on Jordan Love. Bad mechanics that can be corrected. Didn't have great coaching in college. He said, just don't be shocked if Jordan Love goes way late first round. What do you make of him? Well, I think Jordan Love could go earlier than way late. I mean, Jordan Love... To me, I had him number two behind Tua this summer when I watched. And that's definitely ahead of Burrow and definitely ahead of the other guys. I thought Jordan Love looked terrific. He lost his head coach, his offensive coordinator, both starting wide receivers, his starting tight end, a starting running back, and four of his starting offensive linemen. This year he had 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. It was a disappointing season. The tape was disappointing. The accuracy was disappointing. The, the decision-making was disappointing. 
but I can't forget last year's tape. I know that guy lives in there somewhere. So what you want to do is find out where he is in this headspace and find out whether or not where you, you can get him to that level. And let's remember, he had a lot of things working against him this year. I just, I just went through a long laundry list of them. Jordan Love has first-round talent. Yes. My grade on him is more like a, six, a high 6-2, which means eventual starter, but it, it comes with some caveats. And I, and I think he's maybe even more of a 6-5 boomer bus player. I really think, and you know, we talk about these numbers and you can, you know, my, I've got a new grading scale that is the same as Daniel Jeremiah's. We're using a pro style grading scale. A 6.5 Colin is a boomer bus player. And I think that's what Jordan Love is. He's either going to be a bust and won't work out, or he's going to be an impressive talent that people say, man, I wish we would have taken a chance on. Interesting. So those are some of the comments about Jordan Love. And uh, some of the other things that they had to say is that they were not complimentary about Utah State's coaching staff, how they didn't use him very well. They didn't coach him very well. But uh, he is a bit of an enigma. His sophomore season, he was fantastic. There were a lot of things that were going for him. As was mentioned, great offensive line, great tight end, great wide receivers, an offensive coordinator that had been with him for two years in a row, a head coach that had been with him for several years. The offensive mind as a head coach. And also a lot of bad teams that made him look really good. This year, a lot of things changed. So the the question is, where is Jordan Love? Where can he be? At the Senior Bowl and the practices, a lot of positive reviews for Jordan Love. That's awesome. And I think that shows that, look, here's a guy that does have some really innate skills and abilities. Um, and during the game itself, uh, wasn't really that outstanding. He made some plays, um, underthrew a, a little bit. But what we saw in the regular season was that he did have some blind spots. He did have some, uh, some, some struggles here and there. And so I think that's the real question is if he gets into the right system with a quality group of coaches that can help him, I think he can be a great NFL player. And uh, that's so exciting to see that. We haven't seen a Utah State quarterback in the NFL since, what, Eric Hipple? It's been a long, long time since we've seen somebody at that caliber uh, being able to go to the next level. And I, I think given the right situation, I think that if he comes into a system where there's somebody already there, where if he doesn't have to come in and be the guy right away, I think it's going to benefit him greatly. I think Joe Burrow can step in and be the guy right away. I don't I'm not so certain that Jordan Love can be that guy right away. Maybe by the end of the season, maybe. But um I I'm excited to see where he goes. Uh, he's got the body, he's got the skills, he's got the arm strength. Uh it's just the uh, fine-tuning some of his decision making, correct finding out and correcting his blind spots. Because a lot of those pick sixes that happened against him this year were on a lot of the similar plays time and time again. But if he can get that fine-tuned with some great coaching at the professional level, I think he could have a nice career in the NFL. Um, and that's it's been a long time since we've seen Utah State produce somebody like that and go to the next level. Uh, even Bobby Wagner... Kind of went in as kind of an unheralded and had to work his way into where he was, and he's had a tremendous NFL career. 
um, argue, arguably the best linebacker of this generation. But um, you know, Jordan Love, can he be there? He's certainly climbing up a lot of these charts where before he was looked at as maybe a uh, you know, first three rounds. Now after what he's did at the, the Senior Bowl and uh, more people are taking a harder look at him, all of a sudden he's a first-round guy. And after he goes to the, the Combine and his, uh, his pro day at Utah State, how much does that change? So it's it's awesome to watch that, see the attention that he's getting, I hope, and I hope that it works. I hope that he finds that the the right help to fine tune some of those things that plagued him this last season for Utah State. But um, if he's put in a situation where he has that help, he can be a great great quarterback, and I really look forward to seeing him in the NFL. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, it could be one destination. Uh, New England Patriots could be another one. Those seem to be uh, some of the most talked about destination possibilities for Jordan Love. Miami Dolphins is another one that I've heard kicked around a little bit. So um, either way, Jordan Love's going to the NFL. The question is where and what is the situation that he's put into? Does he have to perform right away or does he have some time to acclimate to the NFL? So fun stuff and very interesting stuff here on a national radio program heard in uh, um, on hundreds of radio stations on millions and millions of radios all over the country earlier today about Utah State's Jordan Love. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, we'll look at the Utah Jazz. It's the all-star break. It continues. Teams are still off for another day or two. And before they get back into action, there are some teams that are making some moves, trying to uh, bolster their rosters as they get ready for the stretch run, will the Utah Jazz do something similar? If not, what do they need to do to get themselves ready to be NBA, at least Western Conference contenders, if not title contenders, for the NBA in 2020? We'll talk about that coming up next right here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press. We'll hear from Coach Craig Smith tomorrow as Utah State gets ready for Wyoming in the spectrum. Ajay is up to the spectrum right now hearing from the coach. We'll have that audio to share with you tomorrow, full pre uh, well, I guess we'll uh, call it pre-game predictions and breaking down the matchups for Utah State and Wyoming. That'll be tomorrow. But um, anyway, more about what's going on in uh, in basketball, but at the NBA level, uh, we've heard today that a couple teams are making some moves. The Houston Astros, Astros, <laughs> too much talking about the Astros today. Houston Rockets, now they've made a move on the buyout market, and uh, those players that are just sitting around available, the Houston Rockets have signed Damari Carroll and Jeff Green. It's two guys that used to play in the Jazz uniform. Uh, you know, Jeff Green had some moments for the Utah Jazz early in the year, coming off the bench, but then it just didn't quite really seem to work off the bench. Uh, there were some times there when Rudy was hurt and Davis was hurt and Tony Bradley just was, wasn't there yet in his development. So Jeff Green was the center for the Jazz, and that really didn't work. The Jazz tried to go five five out, and that just didn't quite work quite like the Houston Rockets. 
But um, anyways, that brings a couple of guys to the Rockets that uh, uh, more shooters. Demari Carroll, more of a defender kind of a guy. Don't know how much they'll really get used, but they can help shore up uh, a bench. Uh, and then the uh, Clippers, they're doing some things too. Reggie Jackson, in a buyout with his contract at the Detroit Pistons, is now going to join the in, or join the L.A. Clippers. So now they've got a a really deep bench. You've got a playmaker, multiple playmakers off the bench who can score and create their own shot, and who aren't bashful about defending either. So the uh, L.A. Clippers just got got a lot better with their roster in the Western Conference. So that's a couple of teams in the uh, in the NBA Western Conference that taking some steps to shore up their weaknesses and to uh, try to get themselves ready for the stretch run. Uh, No word yet about the Utah Jazz, if they're doing anything. But the Clippers are a half a game ahead of Utah, and the Rockets are two games behind Utah. They're right there on either side of the Jazz. They made some moves to try to be better. Do the Jazz need to make some moves? Or do they have the right people? They just need to get the chemistry right. I think that the Jazz have the right people. Obviously, if there's a chance to get better, if there's a, a decidedly better playmaker out there or maybe even a, a big man who could uh, do, do a quality job backing up Rudy Gobert in those times that um, Tony Bradley's not ready for those big moments in the playoffs or Ed Davis just isn't quite there, then, yeah. But who is that? Who's out there available? I don't know. But I think that the Jazz have a good roster. I just think they need to get it fine-tuned with how they all work together. And I think notably, most specifically, that's with Mike Connolly. Uh, He made some comments this last week that he fully intends to be the player they brought him there to be. And you look at what he did in his last couple of games before the All-Star break, and he was. He was averaging 20 points a game. I think it's just it's, if he can play at that level, comfortable in the system, which I think he's finally getting there, I think it's now just getting everybody else used to that because there were so many stretches where they didn't have Mike Connolly available. They kind of did their other thing in another way, and then when he came and it was working, and then when he was entered into the mix, it it changes things. And so it took some time to get used to. So for me, this break is really critical for the Jazz to get together and reconnect with Mike Connolly and for Mike Connolly to reconnect with the rest of the players and understand how they can all really work well together. I think the Jazz have that ability to be versatile, to switch, to have multiple ball handlers and playmakers on the court with Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell on the court at the same time. Uh, I think that gives them more options. Uh, So uh, for me... This break, what they need to be doing during this break to get ready for the stretch run is just spending more time in the practice gym, becoming more comfortable with each other, understanding what they like and what works best. Uh, I think they have rediscovered that toughness that was lacking during that five-game losing streak. Hold on to that and then continue to improve that chemistry with the offense. I think they'll be okay. 
I think they have an opportunity here to still be considered um, in the top tier of the Western Conference. Denver's not far ahead of them. As I mentioned, the Clippers are just a half a game ahead of them. Jazz are currently in the fourth spot. But their next game isn't until this next Friday. They host San Antonio. On set, it's a back-to-back. They host San Antonio and Houston, but both those games are in Salt Lake. On Monday, they host Phoenix. And then on Wednesday, next week, they host Boston, and then they host Washington. Uh, then they start to, there's a bit of a relief that starts to happen after Boston, Washington, Cleveland, New York. But then you have Boston again. And then Detroit, Toronto, Oklahoma City, as you start to get into mid-March. But these are some opportunities. Is this They've gone through this stretch run of these really tough games the, from the end of January through the end of, this, of February. They struggled early on, but I think they've made some corrections and they've done better. They found some toughness. They won some close games. One was controversial against Portland. One was on a last-second three at Houston. They played well at Dallas against Dallas, uh, and then they uh, they took care of Miami, which was uh, one of the best teams in the East. So I think the Jazz are getting there. I just think they need to just work together. I think Donovan Mitchell has been I don't know not quite the same Donovan Mitchell the the last couple of weeks. Um, so maybe the All Star experience. It was eye-opening for him. I think Rudy Gobert, the all-star experience, is going to elevate him and his confidence. So I, I like where the Jazz are at and where they're trending right now. I don't think they necessarily need to go out and make a, a bunch of moves and try to find some guys in the buyout market uh, unless it's a big man that can be in the post when Rudy sits because I'm still a little uncertain if Tony Bradley has what's necessary when it gets really tight in playoff mode. Because Ed Davis just isn't isn't really happening for the Jazz. Unless something changes there this week. But I'm not super confident about that. So first Jazz game after the break. It's not until Friday. So the Jazz players enjoying their time off. Um, anyway, just recap some of the big things of the day. The NCAA uh, is looking at this transfer one time without sitting out proposal. They're seriously considering it. They're going to present that coming up in April. And if it's adopted, it could be in effect this 2020-2021 academic year. A few uh, criteria have to be met, though. You have to receive that transfer release from a previous school. You have to leave the previous school academically eligible. You have to maintain academic progress at the new school. And you can leave uh, under no disciplinary suspension. So there are a few caveats. But I suspect that receive a transfer release from the previous school that might get adjusted. Otherwise, I don't know, it could be just open free agency for what happens, and you get the minor league and a major league for college athletics. That's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great night, everybody.